We hope you enjoy this message from Matt Bruce, recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Well, it is the second weekend of 2019, and I want to welcome you back. Perhaps this is your first Sunday back uh, for for the year. It's so good to have you back in church. Um, I'm so excited to be here with you all. Um, Man, I'm really excited. Uh, I know Nicole mentioned about uh, the, the uh, new initiative coming up called Equip, where, where we're gonna go through four weeks of like foundations and DNA. And I, I really wanna encourage you to get to that space. I'm gonna be there in February, uh, four weeks, learning all about our foundations again and our DNA. It's so important that we go back to those places. I know there's always fresh revelation uh, when, when we head back to those spaces. So uh, this is not just for uh, someone who's new, this is for everyone. Um, so I encourage you to get in that space. I'm so excited for it. So excited. Well, um, this morning, we're going to be focusing on uh, the life of Abraham and Sarah. And um, the title of my sermon is The Last Laugh. The Last Laugh. And I thought we could just start by praying. Is that cool? Awesome. God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning, fresh every morning. Thank you, God, that we walk in your grace. And God, I pray this morning that as we open up your word, that our hearts would just align with your word again, Father God, that our faith would align with your word, that we would re-engage in your faithfulness this morning, Father God, and that we would go out of this place with a greater hope than when we entered. So Father God, we just lift up uh, this time to you, and I pray that you would speak to us and speak a word of encouragement into our hearts. And everyone said, Amen. Men. Well, who made a, a New Year's resolution? Did, any, did anyone make a New Year's resolution? Man, no one. Okay. Same, same, same for 2019. <laughs> Maybe you're one of those people. I'm one of these people who sort of doesn't really make, I, I, I do make a New Year's resolution, but I don't tell anyone. Because then I'm not accountable to my New Year's resolution. <laughs> What's your, year's, your New Year's resolution? Oh, nothing. Here's my list secretly stored away. This is what I'm doing. Um, But for me, my New Year's resolution uh, this year is to always offer a cup of tea when I make one myself. (laughs) So far, it hasn't been going super well. (laughs) Um, Abby keeps reminding me, "Um, what about me, babe? And I'm like, ooh. Oh, forgot again. It's just so easy to go make yourself a cup of tea. And I have one with such a regularity that uh, it only, you have to say no so many times to me because it's like eight cups of tea a day or something. That's how I started drinking tea because Nana would offer me eight cups of tea a day. <laughs> you got to say yes eventually. But who knows that people make uh, New Year's resolutions for all sorts of reasons. And, and sometimes they're really funny. <laughs> especially when you know the person who's saying it. It's like, that's hilarious coming from you. Maybe uh, for you, uh, a family member might have said that uh, this year they're gonna eat healthy. (laughs) And you look at them, you're like, really? And they're like, yeah, after I finish all my Christmas chocolate. (laughs) You're like, there it is, there it is, always a condition. Maybe for someone else, it's like, I'm gonna save money this year. It's like, you've never saved money. You spend every last sentence. What are you kidding me? Um, One of my favorite ones, probably dobbing in one of my family members here, is I'm going to stop my road rage. (laughs) 
And you're like, oh, are you? You're like, we're driving home from holiday in two days. We'll see how this goes. And who knows that trip home's like, oh, you failed. <laughs> and then they blame everyone else. It was the tourist's fault. What about, um, I like this one. It's like, I'm gonna stop procrastinating this year. <laughs> Procrastination is gone this year. And then you get to work and you're like, it's your first day at work and you're like, uh, maybe I'll dust my desk and oh, I better have a cup of tea. Oh, one wasn't, I'll be having another cup of tea. Or oh, the windowsill looks a bit dusty as well. Oh, I better go talk to people. Uh, oh, it's pretty much lunchtime now. I better have some lunch. And, and you're halfway through the day and you've done nothing productive apart from clean your desk. That was me. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit that. So, so what about, um, maybe this one's for perhaps more females. I'm gonna get rid of old clothes and shoes. New, new year, new wardrobe. And then they go into their wardrobe and it's like they spend an hour in there rummaging around. You're like, wow, they must be getting rid of a lot. And then they come on out, they're like, I got rid of one shirt, one scarf and a pair of jandals. <laughs> awesome New Year's resolution. Really great. But for some people, their New Year's resolution might have been, I'm going to sleep more. <laughs> they say at 1 a.m. on New Year's Day. <laughs> Good New Year's resolution team. What about less social media time? This is a big one. Uh, on the phone now, you can like set like limits on your social media. Abby does it, I don't. Abby's more holy than me. <laughs> Maybe the most common one is that I'm gonna exercise regularly. I'm gonna do it, this is the year. And then it's like January flies by, you've done one run and it almost killed you. And it's like, we're gonna have to revisit this. You see, we're only, um, until week two of 2019, only week two of 2019, and some of your New Year's resolutions may already look a little funny. <laughs> like, oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, if some family members, or my family members, okay, some of them, yes, some of them, no, but if some of my family members said, I'm gonna exercise regularly this year, I'd have to hold back laughter. Because I'm like, I haven't seen you exercise ever. I've seen you exercise once and it almost killed you and I don't see you exercising regularly, right? Some family, sorry, I've dobbed in a few family members this morning, haven't I? But they're not here, so it's fine. It's not here. So at some point, maybe over the last few weeks, someone might have told you their New Year's resolution or you might have heard about someone's New Year's resolution, not revolution, resolution. And there might have been a moment where you thought, oh, that's funny. That's real funny coming from you. And I wanna open up the Bible uh, this morning to a, such a moment, and oh, that's funny moment. So if you turn with me to Genesis 17, ah, verse 15 to 17. This is another one of my New Year's resolutions, to not already mark the scripture, because otherwise I get there before you guys get there. It's only fair that we're in this together. We must find the scripture together. All right, I found it. Genesis uh, 17, 15 to 17. And, and the context of the scripture is that Abraham, who you're about to hear about, is 99 years old. So just keep that in mind. It says this. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nation. Kings of peoples will come from her. 
Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Abraham has this moment where he goes, oh, that's funny. God, you're funny. I'm 99 years old and you're promising me a child. Like, this is hilarious. I don't know what your grandpa's uh, New Year's resolution was this year, but it probably wasn't to have a child. <laughs> probably not up there. Abraham has this, man, that's funny moment. Oh my gosh, God, could you get any funnier? That is a hilarious New Year's resolution. And that, oh, that's funny moment is then passed on. Uh, if we read in Genesis 18, 9 to 12, we'll read about how this is passed on. So Genesis 18, 9 to 12, it says this. We, uh, the context of this one is that God has come to visit Abraham and, and Abraham sees three men and, and they ask uh, uh, where Sarah is and, and, and then he says she's in the tent and then, um, and then they go about giving a word from God. This is the context of this one. So Genesis 18, 9 to 12 says this. It says, where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? So Sarah joins in on the laughing moment. She's like, this is funny, God. This is real funny. Like, I'm 89, Abraham is 99, and we're having a child. Let's go tell everyone that. This is going to be awesome. They're going to think we're, we've not lost our marbles at all. I don't know about you, but I find New Year's resolutions a little flimsy. Maybe that's why you guys didn't send any, right? Because then you're not really held accountable to anything, right? It's sort of like, oh, who really cares if I make my New Year's resolution? It's probably more funny if I don't make my New Year's resolution. But when it comes to the promises of God, they hold far greater weight, far greater weight. And the reason they hold far greater weight is because often there's an emotional toll with the Word of God because it speaks to the desires of our heart. It's like, our oh, New Year's resolution, that's kind of cool. It's about an external kind of change. But the Word of God speaks right into my inner soul and speaks to something in my heart that I know is there and is longing. So the promises of God hold far more weight. And perhaps like Sarah and Abraham, you've ever experienced a moment where you want to laugh and cry all at the same time when receiving a word of God. I don't know if you've ever felt like God spoke to you and it's like, man, I, I really want to cry right now because that, that word's speaking straight to the desire in my heart that I didn't think was going to happen, that I didn't want to bring to the surface, but, but I really is speaking directly to it. And, and I feel like, God, you want to do something there. So, so I'm in tears right now because, wow. But at the same time, there's like this external laughter that goes, man, that's impossible. That's impossible. How could that ever happen? That's so far from likely, it's ridiculous. So that's why I'm laughing right now. I'm laughing because I'm almost mocking it. Like, that's ridiculous. And I believe that in that, this moment we just read about, that's exactly how Sarah felt. It's exactly how Sarah felt. She thinks, oh, that's funny, God. It's real funny, real funny. Thanks for bringing me that word. And if we read on in Genesis 18, if we go from 12 to 15, it says this, it says, 
So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I didn't laugh. But he said, yes, yes, you did laugh. You did laugh. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I, did, I didn't laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Sarah in this moment, she gets caught laughing. And it's kind of weighty because she's laughing at a promise of God. I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you've sat there and laughed at a promise of God. I know I have. I'll put my hand up. And God goes to Abraham and he asks, hey, why is Sarah laughing? Why is it that Sarah is laughing? Now, now in this moment, I don't think God asked why Sarah laughed because he was surprised by her laughter. <laughs> I think in the natural, God knows that what he said was pretty funny. He knows that what he's saying is hilarious. Like in the natural, someone 99 years old and 89 years old is about to have a child. That's hilarious. God is funny. Note that down. God is funny. So I don't think Abraham was asking, uh, asking uh, why, Sarah la- uh, why Sarah laughed because he was surprised. I-, I-, I think in that moment, God may have asked the question so he could provoke Abraham and Sarah to discuss the joy and fear that came as a result of the prophecy. To open up that, to, to wrestle with that, the joy and the fear. To discuss that mixed feeling of feeling like the word spoke to the desires of their heart, but whilst at the same time bringing up fear, frustration, and past disappointment. Because sometimes we can receive a word of God, but sometimes it's when we bring it into the open and we start to wrestle with it that we begin to apply faith. And I feel like God was saying, hey, Abraham, right now you laughed and Sarah laughed, but together maybe you could find a way to apply faith. So Sarah laughs and then she lies about laughing because she felt ashamed that she'd laugh at a word from God and that her faith couldn't quite reconcile the promise, that the promise couldn't quite get through the filter of past disappointment. I wonder if you can identify with that this morning, if there's been words spoken to you and it's never gotten through the, the filter of past disappointment. Never quite got through the filter, so you just left it the laugh. You see, I believe Sarah's laughter was a natural response and it's a response God was not afraid of. He wanted them just to discover it. I don't know if you've noticed this, but sometimes we as humans express laughter externally to mask the hurt that's internally. We just laugh at something like, ah, oh, we'll just mock that. But really, it's because we're just masking our internal hurt. So, ah, oh, that's hilarious, so good. But really, that actually's dug up something in my heart and in my spirit that's been irked. So I'm just gonna laugh because I don't wanna acknowledge the hurt. And Sarah gets a promise of a child. And in the moment of laughter, I believe the narrative was playing out in her head. And I thought the narrative might, might have sounded a little like this. It's like, don't make me hope again only to be disappointed. Don't make me hope again only to be disappointed. Don't speak those words if you won't come through. Don't. Don't speak those words. Come on, I just can't hope again. The letdown hurts more and more. More and more. Each time I get my hope up, it's dashed. Don't mock me, God. Don't build up my hope just to bury it. Come on, don't mock me, God. I'm 89 years old. There's already been promises. People know that. It's meant to be generation after generation coming from us. We can't even have one son. Don't promise me something. Don't mock me. Don't make me a laugh between me and my friends. 
Maybe right now you identify with Sarah. Perhaps for you in 2019, you've heard God speak to your promise again, but like Sarah, you've said, I just can't hope again in that area. I just can't. Perhaps when you were dreaming about the possibilities for this year, the, the promise of God was trying to come to the surface, but you just pushed it down and thought, it's easier this way. It's easier this way. It's easier this way. So up to this point, Abraham and Sarah think, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny, God. We're gonna have a child. <laughs> and then Sarah gets caught laughing and she's ashamed. And from here, from this moment, Sarah and Abraham have a choice to make. They have a choice to make. Yes, laughing was a, nat- a natural initial response. And yes, it was human to fear having to hope again. But from here, do we keep laughing or are we going to begin to apply faith once more? It's a choice we all have to make. The Word speaks to our heart. God plants a seed of hope in you again. No matter what age you are, God plants a seed of hope. And you have a choice to go, oh, that's funny, God. And maybe he goes, why are, you, why are you laughing? You're like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't laugh. You are the Lord. But then from that moment, you have a choice. Am I gonna keep laughing and mock it or am I gonna apply faith and see it happen? And this is where Sarah and Abraham are right now. And what's interesting is that what Sarah and Abraham chose to believe from this moment on became important for eternity. 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 I don't know why you're writing off your promise. Maybe it's because you think it just involves you. God didn't promise you something because He's that interested in you. He's interested in all His children. He's interested in the eternal picture. There's more than just you on the end of your promise. There's people on the end of your promise. We can't write off our promise because we don't think we're good enough because God wants to do something significant for you that's gonna last generation after generation after generation. So what Abraham and Sarah chose to believe from this moment becomes so important. As you may know, Receiving a promise from God is the easy part. It's like, maybe there's a prophet and calls people to the front. You go up, look all holy. <laughs> Receive your word from God. You go, that was awesome. Maybe uh, you're just reading your Bible and a word jumps out to you. You go, wow, that was awesome. Got a word of God. Maybe you're praying and God speaks to you through that. Maybe through a friend, just you're having a coffee and God speaks to you in that moment. And receiving that word of God, that, that's the easy part. The challenge comes in the middle. The challenge comes in the middle. It comes in holding to the promise through the challenges faced when waiting for the fulfillment of that promise, right? If it was all just down to receiving the promise, we'd all be ace. <laughs> oh, this thing's, I got this thing locked down. But there's a thing called a middle. <laughs> and the middle's really hard sometimes. It's really hard. And the thing is, is that the enemy, the devil loves the middle. He loves the middle. That's where he sows lies and deception and doubt. He's like, this is my time in the middle. It's like, you've received your promise. It was truth when it was spoken. God wasn't a liar. He wasn't there to mock you. But then the devil goes, I wonder how we could distort this truth. I wonder what doubt I could sow. I wonder if I could pull him away from the promise. I wonder if I could just get him to nudge even an inch off it because then I've got ground. The devil loves to laugh in the middle. This is where the devil gets to laugh. He's like, ha ha, man, I'm doing, doing work here and it's awesome. They're, they're moving away from the promise of God. In that moment, we need to choose to apply our faith. We need to apply our faith. Because, as I said, your promise has an eternal destiny to it. We're not just dealing with a promise so you look good. We're dealing with a promise that has eternal destiny linked to it. 
So of course the devil's gonna come after it. He's gonna laugh all he can in the middle. He's gonna do everything he can. But I wanna tell you the good news is that the last laugh isn't reserved for the devil. It's not reserved for the devil. The last laugh is reserved for us. I love that. God reserves the last laugh for us. It's so good. If, if we read in Genesis 21, one to seven, if you turn with me, Genesis 21, one to seven. Man, this is so good. I love this part of the, the story. This is where we'd have the full orchestral backing. Chapter 21, 1 to 7. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him and as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Man, that's such a good scripture, right? So man, I can celebrate with you in that because you're 100 and you are 90 and you just had a child. That's incredible. And what I love is that Sarah says, God has brought me laughter. At the start, she thought, oh, that's funny. Then she got caught laughing, but God ended the story with Sarah saying, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears it will laugh with me. They're not gonna laugh at me, they're gonna laugh with me. They're gonna laugh with me. And what I love is that they named their son Isaac, which means he laughs. So Abraham's like, I'm laughing too, man. How good is God? How good is God? So Abraham and Sarah get the last laugh and it's one that glorifies God. I wonder right now, if the promise that you have could come to the surface again and you could move from that, oh, that's funny moment, from that I got caught laughing moment, from the devil saying, ha ha, I got you in the middle. I wonder if you could move then to the end and say, how hey, I got the last laugh. I wonder if you could put your hope back on the table this morning. Because this morning, I wanna remind you that the last laugh is reserved for you. It is reserved for you. And though it may be funny to begin, Though the devil may laugh at you through the middle, God has reserved the last laugh for you. He has. That you may boast in the provision of the Lord. I love that the Lord has not called you to mock you. He's not promised you something just to mock you. He didn't promise Abraham and Sarah a child just to mock them. Sometimes it feels like carrying a promise is a hard thing because the world will wanna mock you. What do you believe in that for? I mean, you're just from Dunedin. <laughs> that can't happen here. I love a story, it's not to do with a Christian perspective, but there was a young boy in Invercargill and um, at the age of seven, he had lots of dreams. He was a real dreamer and he'd, he'd say lots of things and he had a real fascination with space. And uh, he said to his teacher, what do you wanna be when you grow up? And he said, I wanna be an astronaut or I wanna travel to space. It was always space themed. And, and the, ter the parent teacher interviews came around that year in Invercargill when he was seven years old. And the teacher said to his parents, hey, you need, a, uh, you need to talk to your child because he has unrealistic dreams. Sorry? 
That's what the teacher said. What I love is that um, that guy, that boy, is the one who pioneered Rocket Lab in New Zealand. Sorry, do I need to scale back my dreams? Sorry, do I need to scale back my promise from God? No. Come on, we have the last laugh. We haven't been called to be mocked. Come on, if, if I look at you in 10 years' time, we're gonna see God br- bringing His promise to pass in your life. It's not a matter of if the last laugh is reserved for you, so we will see you walk towards it. We will see you walk towards it. Come on, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Why are you looking at 2019 like that scripture doesn't exist? Come on, is God a liar? Is that true? Because He wants you to prosper and He hasn't meant you for harm. And one of my favorite scriptures is, he who has started a good work in you will see it through to its completion. Come on, if it's not good, God's not done. If it's not good, God's not done. You may be in the middle, but the last laugh is reserved for you. It is. The world may mock your dream, your call, your prophecy, but God will not. He loves drawing out the impossible from his unlikely children. He loves it. That's his specialization, using the useless to bring about kingdom, eternal prosperity. Come on, so although the devil may laugh in the middle, he doesn't get the last laugh. The last laugh is reserved for us. It's reserved for us. You see, Moses. Moses was given a promise to set his people free, right? And to do so, he had to speak to Pharaoh and ask him to release the enslaved Israelites. And Moses thought, oh, that's funny. Because he had a speech impairment. (laughs) He had a stutter, and he's been called to be God's spokesperson to the most powerful person at the time. Oh, that's funny, God. That's hilarious. Thanks for choosing me. It's gonna go wow, isn't it? But then he has to reconcile in his heart and go, hey, oh, God's serious here. This prophecy wasn't for someone else, it's for me. And I need to step in with faith. So he realizes God's serious and he applies faith. And what he does, he goes and then sees his people freed. But then the middle occurs and the Israelites walk out of Egypt and they're loving life, but then they get pinned against the Red Sea by the Egyptian army. And that promise looks like it was a waste of time. Looks like that exit from, from Egypt was just gonna lead to destruction. They thought, well, what, what did you promise this God? And the devil in that moment thought he had the last laugh. <laughs> oh, I just led you out here to kill you in the desert. But the last laughs were for us. So he parted the sea and the Israelites went through and the enemy got washed away. Come on, the last life is reserved for us. Gideon. Come on, Gideon was given a promise to save Israel from the Midianite army. And the angel that visited him called him a mighty warrior. Now that's funny, because Gideon was hiding in a wine press from that very army at the time when this word was delivered. That's funny. You guys don't seem, that's not funny. That's funny. That's hilarious. They'd be like, God come to me and go, Matt, you're gonna be the greatest bodybuilder there's ever been. <laughs> it's funny. This guy's been called a mighty warrior. He's probably the wimpiest kid around. And he has to go lead this army. So what he does, he, he actually applies faith. He goes through a few little tests, but he, he applies faith. And, and he assembles an army. And then God just likes to make sure that you rely on him. So what God does is he whittles down Gideon's army and he takes Gideon's army from 32,000 down to 10,000. Oh, thanks God. (laughs) As if I wasn't already freaking out enough. (laughs) And then he takes it from 10,000 down to 300. 
It's like, what are you doing? I hate the middle. In that moment, Gideon must thought, this is really funny, God. Like, it was hilarious when you called me. Funnier when I thought I only had 32,000. <laughs> Even funnier when I only had 10,000. Now it's really funny because I got 300. This is, I love you, God. And I don't know what went through Gideon's mind that day before he attacked. And I, I don't know what doubt the devil tried to sow, but I can assure you the devil tried to sow some doubt. But what I do know is that Gideon applied his faith and went to battle. And what I do know is that they won because the last laugh is reserved for us. It's reserved for us. And if you don't believe me, Jesus was sent to earth by God to save the world. And most never predicted that there would, their Savior would be led to die on a cross. They thought their Savior was coming to take over, not to die on a cross. And they thought he'd come to conquer and all the disciples abandoned him in that moment when he got to the cross because even they, his closest friends, thought he came to conquer, not die on a cross. And this is how they thought, this is not how they thought the storyline would go. And they thought, man, the enemy has killed Jesus on the cross, killed our Savior. What do we do now? And I, I bet in this moment the devil laughed a lot. <laughs> like, wow, is that all God? Your Savior is dead on a cross, he's dead in the grave. But who knows on the third day Jesus rose again because the last laugh is reserved for us. Last laugh is reserved for us. Come on, this year in 2019, I'm saying prepare your laugh. I'm declaring in this moment, come on, prepare your laugh. doesn't matter what age you are. If you think that God can't use you, then you're mistaken. You're mistaken. If you think that you're just gonna stand the same or right, you're mistaken. God can do mighty things through people who will lay their lives before the King. Come on, dust off your promises given by God and tell the devil to make the most of his time laughing in the middle because it's about to run out. Come on, 2019, I'm having the last laugh. I don't feel like we're there yet. Come on, God wants to do incredible things to you, things that have eternal purpose. He didn't promise you to mock you. Come on, sometimes you just need to declare who God is. Come on, I know Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. He's my provider. Come on, I know the risen Savior. Jesus is not still in the grave. Don't live like it. Come on, I know He's for me and not against me. I know He's for me and not against me. Come on, I know that if it's not good, God's not finished. He who started a good work in me will see it through to its completion. That's a promise. Come on, I know 2 Corinthians 1.20. For the promises of God are yes and amen. I love what it says in uh, my, my version here. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The only thing stopping the promise is whether we respond with an amen. Come on, in 2009, would you respond with an amen? Because Jesus already said yes to your promise. Come on, my promise, no matter how funny it looks this year, is back on the table. 2018, it's back on the table. Hey, devil, just letting you know, my promise is back on the table. Come at me all you want. Laugh in the middle, because the last laugh is reserved for me. I'm living from victory. I'm not living for victory. Come on. This morning, I know I'm pushing some buttons because it hurts to hope. And I know that filter of disappointment is real. 
And I know that we as humans love to write ourselves off and we love to let fear rule us. But that's exactly where the enemy wants you. That's not where God's positioned you. Come on, you're a champion. You're a champion. God's for you. God's for you. I know the last laugh doesn't sound the most holy and biblical, but it's true. Jesus has reserved the last laugh for you because he wants to bring glory to himself. I love when the pressure is on. I'm like, man, <laughs> life's not going so great right now. God must want to show off. It must be time to glorify the Lord <laughs> because I've run out. Like My life is hilarious right now, but I know God wants to glorify himself through me. Come on, 2019, I know God wants to tell a story through Equipus Dunedin. I know we're gonna hear stories of miracles. I know we're gonna hear stories of promises coming to pass. I know we're gonna see incredible people rise up and step into their promise, no matter what age they are. This church does not just exist for young people to advance the kingdom. It exists for everyone to advance the kingdom. Come on, don't write yourself off. Don't live a lie. Don't believe you're less than. If you're the least then, you're the most likely to. Because God uses the least. If you're sitting in this place, you're the, I'm the least in this congregation. <laughs> you're probably gonna do the greatest exploits for the kingdom of God ever. Because God wants to use you. He loves using his unlikely people to bring about the impossible. Let's get the band back up. Just to close, I thought we could pray. Because I know this word is tough because I know that filter of disappointment is real. And I know the fear and I know the insecurities that often rob us. But I really do believe that for us, 2019, the last laugh is reserved for us. So why don't we all just stand to our feet and we're gonna pray to finish. God, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you that they're called by you and that you have a promise in store for them. God, I pray that the lies of the devil would flee in this moment. I rebuke the lies of the devil that those lies that say you're insignificant, those lies that say it could never happen, those lies that say I'm too old. God, I pray that those lies would leave in your mighty name, Jesus. Jesus, your name is high, your name is greater. What you say is true. And God, we don't buy into anything else, but, but we place our, our faith in you right now, Jesus. Jesus, we, we believe that you came to earth and, and, you, and you reserved the last laugh. Where well, the devil thought he had won, he, he only was deceived, Father God, because you reign above every other name, every other name. Jesus, we stand in victory with you for 2019. We stand in victory with you. We don't live for victory, we live from victory. We declare things because they're yes and amen. God, we align with your word this year. We don't just turn up and go through motions just to be disappointed. We come with an expectation that you're gonna do incredible things this year in this city, that this year is a year of victory, that there's victory on the lips of the church in Dunedin again, that we no longer live just to 
turn up, but we turn up in our city, God. We turn up in the places we've been called to and we start to see your kingdom advance in this place. We don't do it to look good, but we do it because people are on the other side, Father God. There's people waiting to be released by us walking into our community. Thank you, God, that we get together as a church, but Lord, help us to be the church. Help us to leave the building. Help us to go with faith and promises for this year that we would walk with an expectation that you are the Lord and that no other name comes above the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our living Savior who rose from the grave. In this moment, align us. Align us. Align us, God. Let us hear your voice so clearly. Let us not waver from your truth. And let our heart break for what breaks yours, Father God. God, we declare that 2019 is going to be an incredible year where we partner with you. We partner with your truth. We don't wait in the desert. We partner with your truth. And we advance your kingdom. God, we see the people on the other side and we go after them just as you would go after them. So God, in every heart, I pray that that filter of disappointment, that it would just, it would break open right now, Father God, and that hope would bubble up again. That hope would bubble up again that the promises of God would be put back on the table with the knowledge that the last laugh is reserved for them. We thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.